Dallas Cowboys rookie tight end Luke Schoonmaker set to practice for the first time on Monday. How quickly can he get up to speed and rise up the depth chart? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, locked, locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys practice on Monday. But before practice begins, we actually have some uh, some news. Dallas Cowboys rookie tight end Luke Schoonmaker is off the NFI list, and he's set to practice for the first time this offseason. Uh, what are your thoughts on the second-round pick finally getting on the field? Well, first of all, it's it's great to see him on the field finally. I mean, you know, he's seen him kind of working off the field. He clearly has looked very close for a while now. Um, I, I will say that it was funny because yesterday, or no, not yesterday, Saturday, Saturday. Yep. Uh, Mike McCarthy had a, a press conference before the practice, and they talked about Schoonmaker and and, and uh, Schoon. I'm saying it again, Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so much fun to say Schoonmaker. Yeah, it's uh, we're just gonna call him Schoonmaker. 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 So he it, it, McCarthy mentioned Schoonmaker and, and said that he thought he was close, uh, and that he also mentioned a setback. And I think at the time that it got announced, it sounded like. He had recently had a setback, right? That he just but had I, a setback, right? Like he like like literally like right before he came onto the the thing, he had a setback. But I think what what actually McCarthy, especially we can say now, clearly was saying was that previously he had had a setback and he was finishing up working through that set, setback. So uh, yeah, it looks like he was cleared for practice today. Uh, I'm excited to see the results of him out there because he's looked like I said, ready to go. Really, I, I think a lot of this, like we've mentioned before, with with the plantar fasciitis situation, he's the partial tear. It's it's about pain tolerance, right? It's about comfort. Uh, so I think he's finally got to a spot where he feels comfortable with what he's doing and, and moving around out there. And uh, I'm excited to see exactly what the results are. So how quickly can we expect the Cowboys to basically put him in, you know, full drills and that kind of stuff? Because I gotta believe they're gonna try to be careful here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the question that we don't really know is what's the risk of injury here? Like, what's the risk of go him going out Set there back. and like, yeah, well, fully tearing the plantar fasciitis, yeah. right? And, and, and having to deal with a complete setback, right? Um, I, I think that would likely dictate how quickly they'll work him in. If it's just about pain tolerance, then then it may be a situation where they they put him in and then they kind of reel him in. They see how he reacts to it. It may be like a gradual. Uh, you know, day by day situation to kind of just ease his pain a little bit. So uh, it will be interesting to see exactly how he gets uh, rolled out into practice. Now the Cowboys play a preseason game on Saturday this week against Jacksonville. I've got to assume that's too quick of a turnaround to have him practice on Monday and then be, be ready for the game on Saturday. Maybe. I mean, I think that that would make some sense again. Like it really, I think depends on like how much of this is injury prevention and how much of this is 
pure pain tolerance. Well, it's just how it's, many practices would he even get in before that game? Because I, I don't think they, I think they have practice what today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Then they're kind Thursday, of Thursday, I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they Thursday. have a. They, I'm sure they have one of those days off. But yep. like three, three practices, and then you're going to play in a preseason game on, on Saturday. I just, I just don't know how realistic that might be that tough. Is. You, you might, you might be right. That might be a little bit tough, but. Uh, I, I do think the fact that he's out there and and going in full speed uh, uh, padded practices means that he's right on the cusp, right? So I would, if, if he doesn't play in this game, I would be shocked to see him not play in the next one. Honestly. All right. So you've seen the Cowboys' offense with Jake Ferguson basically being tight end one, Peyton Hendershot being used a lot in the um, the red zone. How do you think the Cowboys plan on using Schoonmaker this year? Well, I think he's going to be really valuable as specifically kind of that uh, tight end two that is like, you know, like specifically on, on play action bootlegs where you got Dak coming, popping out the back and you've got a, a target going on a crossing route across the formation. Uh, you know, he presents such a great target on those crossing routes and he runs those routes so well. He knows how to kind of use his athleticism to gain separation at key po- points in the window. Uh, I think that's one place it will be used. I think he, you know, he comes in ready to be a blocker uh, more so than a lot of these guys mm-hmm. came in uh, into the NFL. I mean, that's obviously a lot what he was doing at Michigan. So I, I would imagine he's going to be utilized as a blocker in line. Uh, and then, you know, as uh, the the you know he gets more and more comfortable with the playbook, uh, I'm sure they'll come up with the specific packages to try to get him the ball. I, I think for him, it's you know, it's about being a big moving target. Getting the ball on the move and then uh, and then try to get upfield. Uh, I think you know you see Hendershot as kind of the the, the power forward boxing out guys. Mm-hmm. You know using some quickness on top of the routes to separate. You see Ferguson get the ball and and run through folks and become more of a yak guy. I think Schoonmaker is going to serve as kind of the big body. You know easy pitch and catch on a crossing route uh, that can kind of like lean forward and give you a couple extra yards on the, on the catch. And that, that'll be mostly his role this year besides the, blocking as well. The last thing I want to talk about here before we move on is we're, t- we're talking about the tight end position. Sean McEwen has been doing a lot of fullback stuff in practice. Yeah. I know that you had some notes on Hunter Lepke, the Cowboys fullback slash running back from North Dakota state. What did you see from him on practice on Saturday uh, about his potential role with this team. Well, it's just more that you're starting. Are we talking about Lupke, right? Specifically, Lupke, or are we yes. talking about McEwen? No, Lupke, uh, we know what Lupke, the goat is. Yeah, we know McEwen. <laughs> yeah, with Lipke, I think it's they're working him into it. You know, I, I think that uh, you saw him with the second team and the third team kind of playing that lead fullback role. Uh, you know, I tweeted out a video of him uh, taking on a linebacker uh, in, in a goal line drill. Uh, so, th- I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we hadn't really seen much of yet. And then that's a lot of it because we just hadn't seen the pads on these guys yet. So uh, as we start to see more and more of these practices, as they kind of go through uh, the different aspects of their offense that they're going to roll out and start practicing in pads, I think we'll start to see more and more of him kind of get into the mix there. Uh, but right now, I mean, I think they're very, very comfortable with Sean McEwen kind of serving in that lead blocking role as it is. Uh, until they can figure out exactly what they're trying to do with Hunter Lipke. How big is the gap, in your opinion, between McEwen and Lipke? I, I think it's hard to say. I mean, I, I've seen Lipke take two snaps as a lead fullback. He's a great, you know, well, but I mean, it's like I just feel yeah. like they're they're probably competing for one roster spot. It's really what I, what I more meant. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think if that's the case, it's 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 very tough to tell where where they are right now. I, I think that we'll have a better idea. The kind of the kind of competition that will reveal exactly 
where these two guys are in their particular battle, I think will happen a little bit later in Oxnard and maybe in Frisco. All right, Lane, let's talk about some of the other observations that we had from the Cowboys practice on Saturday. Next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look so good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts uh, that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs have fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks and feels just like a khaki. But it stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps keeps you cool and dry all day long. We absolutely love our Bird Dogs. I know Landon was wearing his Bird Dogs out at Oxnard during the Dallas Cowboys training camp. Kept them nice. My whole whole wardrobe was was Bird Dogs. The exactly. Top to bottom was Bird Dogs. It was great. I, I just ordered some of the new long, like uh, the the leggings or like the leggings. Oh, yeah. They're like the the jogger pants. They're absolutely oh, fantastic. Go to BirdDogs.com/slash LockedOnNFL or enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That is BirdDogs.com/slash LockedOnNFL. Or use promo code LockdownNFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Every day, we will be back tomorrow breaking down Monday practice, including Luke Schoonmaker, who is expected to practice today. So make sure you tune in for that. But, Landon, I want to talk about some of the other observations that we had from last Saturday, including the linebackers who are starting to to make some plays. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we started to see is that some of these guys are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. We're kind of, what, like five or six practices into padded practice now, right? So we're starting to see some of these guys, like the linebackers, start to get a little bit more comfortable with what they're doing and, and start to make their moves. Uh, I think I've talked a little bit about uh, Damone Clark and how I felt like I needed to kind of mention him a little bit more. But again, on, on Saturday, he had a really nice practice. Uh, and then another guy that I think is worth bearing because uh, he had two interceptions, and I noticed him in a couple of different other spots as well, uh, is DeMarvian Overshawn. Again, kind of showing out a little bit, making plays, um, you know, getting in the mix. I saw him with a couple of different tackles for loss where he was able to knife through uh, a hole and get into the backfield with, uh, you know, with the help of Mozzie Smith and, and some of these guys taking up uh, t- uh, blockers in the middle, which is something that we kind of haven't seen previously. So, uh, we're starting to see these linebackers get a little bit more aggressive, uh, pull the trigger and come downhill and, and, and make tackles for loss in, in some of these run drills. And that's a lot of why we why I think um, we saw a little bit of the struggles early on with with the run drill with the for the offense because the defense was just really doing a great job of, yep. of kind of seeing what was happening and pulling the trigger, coming down and making tackles. We should also mention Leighton Van Der Esch is also having a fantastic camp. He looks like he's in amazing shape. So. Uh, knock on wood that he can stay healthy. But for you, is Damone Clark pretty clearly LB2 on this team? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 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 pretty obvious that, you know, he's having a um, – I, I think what it is is that I've started to realize that he's having a very similar camp to Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, just mm. that, that sort of quality. And, and I think the the distance between his play – uh, and Leighton Vander Esch's play is uh, closer than the distance between Damone Clark and whoever linebacker three would be. I guess it would probably be Jabril Cox. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you is who is linebacker three on this well, team? Uh, Jabril Cox is the one guy who we heard it like during mini camps and some of the OTAs has, uh, you know, really nice practices. But so far, 
not a lot of buzz from him. Well, I have seen him. I have noticed him. I, I, I do think that generally speaking, the linebackers are having a very good camp. I mean, I've noticed uh, Cox. And, and I didn't want to like imply that I thought that uh, Clark was had separation on Cox because Cox was and, and overshone and, uh, uh, and and even down to some of these other guys are, are playing practice. Well, yeah, Harper specifically are playing poorly. I think actually that they're actually playing quite well. Uh, it's just that it Clark has taken hold of that job and is not letting go. You know, yeah. um, I, I think that I've I've noticed Cox doing a lot of the similar things, right? Like pulling the trigger, coming out, making tackles for loss. I've noticed him several different times. No, not surprisingly. Uh, in some of the one-on-one uh, pass coverage drills against running backs, he looks very comfortable doing that. Clearly, they should have some sort of package where a nickel package where he needs to be out there and, and be using his coverage skills because that's one area where he kind of separates himself from some of these other folks a little bit. Uh, but I've also, I mean, I've like I said, we've noticed Overshone. I didn't specifically mention Harper, but I, I mean, I've I've seen number fifty, you know, pulling, doing some of these things too, making tackles in the hole, yep. coming down and, and and taking tackles for loss. Uh, I think that he's going to make it very tough to kind of cut him this year, especially if he's going to play good special teams. He, he's really making a push for that bottom of the roster linebacker spot. There's going to be some tough cuts in this team. Uh, you know, for the bottom of the roster, some of these safety linebacker, you know, spots where you have. Guys who are gonna who can play best good special teams, but you are simply going to run out of roster spots at some point. So there, there's going to be a tough cut down when we get down to 53. I also want to talk about some of the offensive linemen because it seemed like just from watching some of the practice videos that Chuma Adoga had a much much better practice on Saturday. Uh, seems like seems like Matt Farniak was another one that had a strong day. Uh, what did you see from some of these interior offensive linemen? Yeah, Adoga, I think, you know, just kind of generally just was on his feet a little bit more. I mean, look, again, he's going against Micah Parsons all the time, and it's yeah, really, like, really hard. So if he can win a rep here, too, that's that's fantastic, right? Like, you're thrilled to see that. Uh, and, and I think that, that we saw that a little bit. I, you know, we actually saw him all, also kind of get out on the hoof a little bit uh, and, and, and pull in some of the power stuff. And, and he moves really well for a guy uh, kind of his, his, his top-heavy body type. Uh, and then I think that for Farniak, you know, he got an opportunity to play a little bit more guard. And to me, that's just where he looks more comfortable. Uh, and, and, and he looks just, you know, better suited at that spot. So uh, I thought, you know, both of them kind of had, you know, down days on, on was it Thursday. Yeah. Losing yeah. Track of the days. Thursday. Uh, but I think Thursday. And then, and so I think to see them kind of bounce back and have better practices on Saturday was good. We should also mention some of the players that we've been saying that have, have had fantastic camps so far, and the drumbeat has continued. Oso Digizua, Jalen Brooks. Again, another strong practice on Saturday. It just feels like we've been talking about the same handful of players all offseason long. Yeah, I mean, clearly we, 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 we caught on to the right drumbeats, right? That These are the guys that are clearly have held on to it. Um, you know, I think that again, Tolbert going out there and making plays, he made a really, really nice catch and incredibly contested, uh, uh, coverage where I think it was Nashawn Wright was literally just all over him and Dak put it in a way that, that only Tolbert can get. And, and I, I will tell you this Tolbert of last year probably wouldn't have come down with that mm-hmm. pass, you know? Um, and I think that's, we're seeing some of the gro- growth there of him. Uh, you know, holding onto the football, con- the, the, the remained concentration, and then being able to separate. Tolbert just looks really good in, in, in everything that we had hoped he would so it, far. It, and I got to believe Tolbert's going to get a lot of run during this first oh, preseason yeah. game against Jacksonville. Now, the, I don't know yeah. if you saw this, but the Jags are planning on playing their starters mm-hmm. at least a couple series in this game. I don't expect the same for the Cowboys, but Tolbert is probably somebody who's going to start this game. 
I would love to see the Cowboys target him a bunch in this one because getting those reps against a, another quality defense is exactly what he needs to kind of continue building the momentum from this offseason. Yeah, the Cowboys have clearly one of the best cornerback rooms in the NFL, but it's always good to get it mixed up because simply, I mean, when you go against these guys every single day, it's easy to learn tendencies. It's easy to kind of, uh, it's not easy, but it's it certainly becomes easier as time goes on. Getting the opportunity to see uh, this guy gets another defender, yep. uh, I think will kind of give you a, a little bit better context to exactly where Tolbert is in his development at this point. Uh, any other kind of tidbits from practice before we move on? We mentioned Hunter Lefke. It was great to see him uh, playing fullback. Um, I think Peyton Hendershot had another really nice day, especially in the red zone. He's going to be a weapon down there. Yeah. I think his ability to kind of quickly separate at the top of routes and with that big body, uh, I think Dak's going to find him in, in the red zone quite a bit. Uh, and then I hate kickers. I just don't yeah, like let's... them. Let's save the kicker talk because the Cowboys actually moved on from one of their kickers yeah. today. They agree. They agree. If you watch practice on Saturday, you yeah. understand. Let's get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is here and it's about to kick off. And FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get a bonus bet every single time they win in the regular season. All you have to do is just bet on any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bonus bet for every victory. You can use that bonus bet on the spread, player props, future bets, over-unders, and so much more. So bet on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I think they're 12-1 to 1 or 14-1 to 1 on FanDuel right now. Again, every time they win, you get a little bit. Uh, of an extra bet just to use on whatever you want. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Layden. So the Cowboys uh, have a kicking problem. We've known this all offseason. It's nothing new. Today they moved on from one of their their kickers, Tristan, Tristan is it Vicenzo? Viscano? Viscano? It doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter so. anymore. Um, what's going on? Like, how, how how dire is this kicking situation for the Cowboys? I mean, it's it's a kicking situation. I, like, you know, it's it's hard. Again, I, I'm going to preface it's hard for me to get too high or too low about the kicking situation because it's always going to be a situation, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's not great. I mean, clearly they had to do – their mojo moments where they were trying to get guys in and they had to like use a kick a field goal and they had to extend it to like what like five kicks or something to get one person to make a a, a, a yeah. kick you know it's it's not great i, I think at this point you, you're you're looking at what what's available on the uh, on the market there's obviously some named kickers that are out there but they come with warts that you kind mm-hmm. of either have to work around uh, and even the guy that you could, you know, solve, you feel like solve the issue with, like you could go out and sign Robbie Gould right now. The problem with that is that you don't have a punter who can kick off. Nope. So you're likely going to need to have a third kicker on no the way. team. If Not on a team Robbie. that's this deep, right? No way. It's just too hard, right? Like, and that's, that's the real problem here. And, and honestly, like I, I see a lot of folks kind of talking about the Cowboys and their kicking situation, but it's like, what would you have them do? Like, like that. That's my that's my issue. Is that I just don't see a better solution than trying new kickers and, and no, seeing who's hot. You know, it's like I'm I'm not opposed to them 
if you want to sign somebody like Robbie Gold because you believe that he's so accurate with inside of 50 yards, okay. But that also means you're probably cutting Brian Anger, right? And yeah. you're having to go out and find a punter. But if there's a punter out there that you believe can do kickoffs and all that kind of stuff, maybe you entertain the idea. But now you're talking about a completely new operation. Now you, cause yeah. Brian Anger's your holder. So now you got to go That's out right. and find a punter that can not only kick off, but can also hold. And most of the time they can do that. But you're, again, you're, you're moving two spots to figure out one spot. It feels very much like the Cowboys are going to go forward with Sabrina and Aubrey uh, for the rest of preseason. Let him kind of, we'll see. Like he's going to get 10 kicks in preseason. We'll see how he does. And if he's not capable enough, they're just going to sign the best kicker that comes available after cuts. Which is the kicker way. You know, I mean, that's honestly, honestly, like, uh, uh, is the situation not great? Yes. Did the Cowboys handle it wrong? No, I, I don't think that they did. They just they signed two kickers. They 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 tried to insulate themselves, and it's just these guys well, are, get hot and cold, you know. Yeah. And so I mean, the kickers that are available now are the same exact kickers that were available in yeah. March that everybody wanted them to go out and sign, right? There's just yeah, they're still available. there's like seven <laughs> reliable kickers in the league, and everybody else changes hands. That's why somebody like Brett Maher might win the job in Denver. And they just moved on from Brandon McManus, who now might win the job with this. Like, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're up in Denver. They're excited about Brett Maher. They're talking about how long the field goals he's going to be able to kick, and especially in the in the you know high Denver air, he's going to be able to yeah. kick him further. It's like you know you, you could psych yourself out for any one of these kickers if they're kicking well at the time that you sign them, uh, but you should just know that uh, you have just as much kick you know reliable kicking as the. As, yep. Cowboys do currently, which is none. I mean, it's just reliability at the kicker position practically doesn't exist. And that's why if the Cowboys do go out and sign a veteran kicker, I just want the kicker that I feel best about kicking extra points. Like, honestly, yeah. I, that's that's the thing that matters the most to me. I think Randy Bullock was – I just looked at the numbers today. Over his last five years, he's missed like five extra points. Yeah, That's probably who what I would bring in, right, just because he's somewhat experienced. But it's not great. It's not great. Every one of them's got warts, and everyone's got a, every one of them's yep. got problems. And on top of that, that's when they're kicking on a good day. Like because yeah. the other thing about all every one of these kickers is that every one of them will go through a streak where they forget how to kick for a little. Every while. one of them. Every one. Uh, uh, last thing before we head out, we have not got to, to talk since Malik Hooker signed his three-year deal yeah. on Friday afternoon. Uh, we got a little word that the Cowboys are doing a, a contract extension. I was going through the names of potential options, whether it was Dak Prescott or Terrence Steele or C.D. Lamb. But no, it's Malik Hooker that signs almost an identical deal that Donovan yeah. Wilson got this offseason. Surprised, but also very, very happy for Malik Hooker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, like as someone, and I, I think we can, I can speak for both of us, that was I was, I know you were too, a fan of Malik mm-hmm. Hooker coming out of Ohio State, loved watching him at Ohio State. I thought he was... One of the most fun, probably the most fun free safety tape I had watched since Ed Reed. You know, I mean, like he just he just is all around the football. He has he's big despite being a ball hawk, so he can tackle. He's one of the best tacklers on the team, and 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 just to get him uh, signed to a longer deal, it just gives a, a level of stability on the back end that the Cowboys just have not had in years past. And um, for him to like you know sign a similar deal to Donovan Wilson. And from what from what it sounds like, you know, he basically went to his agent and was like, "I want to be here in Dallas. Yeah. Let's sign. Yeah. Let's sign. Let's make it work." 
and 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 I think that that is uh, was, is incredible to hear, and that makes you feel good about your your team. Obviously, I think the other thing too that we that we should keep in mind is that this may free up some money that may help with the Zach Martin situation at some point. Um, and that's still kind of ongoing, but I think, you know, just kind of keep the focus on, on hooker and, and, and the safeties for a second. Yeah. It's just really great to see the turnaround that the Cowboys have had at the position yeah. uh, to find a, a couple of different guys. I mean, Wilson's obviously their, the homegrown guy, right. Mm-hmm. But for the Cowboys to sign hooker to uh, the deal that they did to get him off the street and, and to have him play the way he did, it, it clearly was just a match made in heaven for both sides and, and, and for them to get an extension here. I think it's just a fantastic deal for, for, for both sides. So the Cowboys are paying roughly like $19 million for their entire safety room this year. And that includes three players who played a combined 3,000 snaps for them last yeah. year on defense. It's, it's pretty incredible. What I like about this move going forward, we'll see about J. Ron Curse. He's on the final year of his deal. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure he'll be back next year. We'll see. But with Donovan Wilson locked up, with Malik Hooker locked up, plus Israel Makamu, still on a rookie deal, plus Wanye mm-hmm. Thomas, who you've mentioned multiple times, having a strong camp, and Marquis Spell on a rookie deal. It just feels like the Cowboys can say, we've got this position. It's one of the strongest on our team. We don't have to worry about spending any more free agent money or draft picks for the next two or three years. Now we can focus on other positions. It just it, it just frees them up to do so much uh, more over the next couple offseasons. Yeah, and if they do decide they want to draft somebody, they can maybe pick somebody with a little bit more um, upside that needs a little bit more development because sure. they can afford to kind of keep them on the on the defensive bench while they're doing special teams and kind of learning. So uh, it just frees them up all across the board in a way that uh, is it looks good for the future of the position as well. Absolutely. So congratulations to Malik Hooker. What a deal uh, for both the Cowboys and for Hooker. I think this is absolutely fantastic. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we'll be back tomorrow to break down Monday's practice, so make sure you tune in for that. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check us out on YouTube. Put shows up every single day over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you next time.